Hello everybody and welcome back to another special episode of FanWidth. It's another review podcast here for fanbyte.com where we are here to talk about the Resident Evil 3 remake by Capcom that came out just last week actually. I think last Friday is when it eventually came out. And by we, I am of course talking about me, Steven Strong, managing editor of fanbyte.com and features and trending editor of fanbyte.com, Mary Kay. Hey, what's up? Not much. Um, it snowed again here, which is mm. bonkers to me. Speaking of post-apocalyptic societies, the snow melted. The snow was melted about two weeks ago here outside of where I live, and then it snowed again. And then it melted again, and then it snowed again last night. And Well, <sighs> much like the snow happens and then comes back, Capcom mm-hmm. has once again remade an earlier Resident Evil game in that series. And of course, this time it is the third one of these great games that we all love. Uh, Resident Evil 3, which tells uh, a story that is um, engrossing uh, the controls. You know, I could go on for hours about about uh-huh. all my favorite parts of the game and uh, yeah, your how favorite characters. much I enjoyed it when I played it. Um, but but why don't you just paint me a word picture? Tell me um, tell me about about this title, like overview. So uh, Resident Evil Three takes place uh, right before the events of Resident Evil Two, then during, then after. So it kind of creates this um, lengthier window of time around the events of. Uh, the Raccoon City Incident, I think, is what it's called in Resident Evil lore, such as it is. Hey, where um, before, hmm? before you... Sorry, if I can just jump in. Hey, Capcom, um, h- how come you don't know how to count? Um, mm-hmm. Do you remember when there was just Street Fighter 2 for, like, six years? Yeah. And then um, then we got Street Fighter 3, and then yeah, Street- uh, they did Mega Man, and then they got up to 7... And they were like, or an eight, and they're like, oh, it's X now. But now we have mm-hmm. a Mega Man 10. And now Resident Evil 3 takes place before 2? Yes, it starts wow. before the events of 2. Between 1 and 2, because it is after uh, the Arclay Mountains incident, which is the Resident it's Evil 1 It's after the step. mansion, right? The mansion, yeah. Uh, that has a name, that mansion has a name. I don't remember what it is. But you play as Jill, who is one of the survivors from the mansion in the first game, and she is having fucking none of it. She is just done with everything that has been happening, and everything that uh, you put her through during this game, because uh, this is something I've talked about on other podcasts here at Fanbyte, but like a lot of other Resident Evil characters are just these kind of big meathead himbo mm-hmm. morons that just spout. Yeah, you know, he has a name. Right. Leon S. Kennedy, rookie cop. Right. Uh, Chris Redfield, not-so-rookie cop. Carlos, whose last name I don't remember. Take your pick, honestly. They all have names, and they're all basically the same human being. (laughs) They're all very, very silly one-liner machines, and Jill is just like, alright, doing this shit again, I guess. Cocks her gun, just goes into it, deals with some fucking zombies i guess like uh, literally there are scenes in this game where carlos carlos is another character in resident evil 3 who is in the original game as well this is the remake obviously who is an umbrella mercenary i guess he's basically a soldier that working for the umbrella corporation the corporation that created the t-virus that has spread mm-hmm. to raccoon city and is causing a zombie apocalypse and he meets up with jill and is basically like we're gonna we're here to get the civilians out we're here to deal with some stuff you help me um and I'll help you get out of the city. And so 
Jill, the game basically starts off with Jill in the middle of, you know, things going really bad, cars on fire in the street. That's how you can tell that it's a disaster because mm-hmm. that happens to every car. Yeah. They just spontaneously combust. Um, and lo and behold, before she can get very far, a big, mean, like, lipless man in a trench coat comes and tries to kill her named Nemesis. Uh, the original Resident Evil 3 was called Resident Evil colon Nemesis, and the, the titular nemesis of this game is kind of following you throughout. It's not the same way as Mr. X, though, in the Resident Evil 2 remake, which is sort of this dynamic hunter-killer threat that was following you throughout the game. This is way more scripted, mm. and I think that's been for a lot... By the time we're recording this, plenty of other people have put out their reviews and their opinions and stuff like that, but one of the bigger complaints I've seen about Resident Evil 3 is that... Nemesis is so scripted and is such an action movie kind of villain, right, rather right. yeah, now, rather than a. Hmm? Now, was Mr. X in the original Resident Evil Two? No, I don't think so, so. So this is kind of something where they took an idea that was in three, and mm-hmm. then developed it, and then yeah. put it in two, and now we're coming back to three, and <laughs> it's sort of like how it always was so understandably people might be disappointed by that right and it's a little interesting that that is one of the things because it's such a huge part of the game nemesis is in most of this game if every level has at least one chase scene with nemesis where you have to get from point a to point b and you can go and just walk around and explore all that you want but nemesis will just be constantly jumping around and following you and stuff like that kind of this like persistent threat but not necessarily a procedural one the way mr x was Mm -hmm. and it's such a weird thing to be the same, and I think I think arguably inarguably worse than Mr. X was, at least as like a scare tactic, because so much else of the game has changed. I didn't play the original Resident Evil 3, but I did read the Wikipedia summary of what happens in that game versus what happens in this final version. I did beat the game. I, I played through all of it last weekend. And the story is a lot of the like the beginning and the end are basically the same but a lot of the beats in between are completely redone a lot of the levels you go to are completely different than what you would have seen in the original playstation one game Mm. and so the idea that they've remade that nemesis to be very similar seems a little bit odd to me why wouldn't you also just like change that uh my understanding um and i i don't i can't confirm this i would need to look up into this I, i kept meaning to look it up before this podcast but i forgot was that this was developed by a separate team than the one that did the Resident Evil 2 remake. And they were developed, yeah, simultaneously. And that's why it's coming out so damn fast after Resident Evil 2. Resident Evil 2 just came out last year. Right, yeah. Um, And then 3 comes out and doesn't necessarily have a lot of time to take a lot of lessons from that game, so much as it just starts from the same baseline and draws its own conclusions from there. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it's still pretty damn fun, I think, is that at the end of the day is basically one of the yeah. main takeaways. <clears throat> yeah, tell me about sort of like the gameplay stuff, because, you know, I've played a little bit of some older Resident Evil games, and I've played through four, and um, I know that two, the two remake kind of took a lot of stuff from, uh, from four and five in that they moved away from the tank controls... Um, yeah. They're moved to an over like an over the shoulder third person view. So mm-hmm. how much of like a survival game in that traditional vein is this? Like do you really have to manage your ammo? Um do you have to worry about like ink ribbons and things like that? 
So there's no ink ribbons. I don't think even on the higher difficulties, there's even straight up a message in this game that te like tells you, hey, saves are not limited. You can do this as much as you want. Oh, wow. I, I, yeah. I think the way they kind of get around that a little bit is that it's a very short game, and you are rated at the end, and I think the idea is that you're supposed to come back and play it again to try and get an S rank, and it does oh. count the number of saves you do. Um, so I think that the number of saves you do affects your score at the end. Okay. Um, as far as, like, limited ammo and healing items is, it's way less limited in Resident Evil 3 than it was in 2. Hmm. Uh, I think that is partially because, and I, I wrote sort of a written review slash essay about the game here on Fanbyte, uh, as well, that I mentioned this in, but in Resident Evil 2 you are in... Most of that game, you know, you are in one place at a time. You go from the police station, and then you are in the sewers, and then you are in the umbrella lab. And those are kind of the three major locations, and when you're in those locations, they are where you are. So you are scrounging for items, you are getting those things, you are fighting enemies, and sometimes you're not entirely sure if those enemies are scripted or if they're infinitely respawning or what. Uh, some of them can come back to life, so managing your inventory can become a much bigger pain. In Resident Evil 3, though... Because of the way that they deploy Nemesis so often, you have a lot of more cleaner breaks between encounters, between mm. like different levels. It's a much more linear thing where early on you're in downtown Raccoon City and that feels very much just kind of like a more open version of the police station. But after that, it's just kind of like one set piece after another, after another, after another. There are a couple of like closed room puzzle-ish areas. There's a hospital later on that I think is a pretty good spot. But for the most part, you're continuing to push on. And every time you push on from one new zone to the next, you have a boss fight with Nemesis, usually. And all those boss fights, because the game knows that you are in a boss fight and you're going to need ammo and healing items to get through this boss fight, and they're not just going to do the thing where like, the original old Resident Evil games would definitely do to you, which is that you could just literally not have enough mm -hmm. ammo or, you know, ink ribbons or whatever to, to progress. Right. Uh, it, it never does that to you here. So right. every time that there's a boss fight, it's basically a soft reset on your ammo and healing items because oh. the the boss arena is always going to just going to be littered with like healing sprays, shotgun shells, and huh. grenades or whatever. So that's interesting because I feel like I, I may correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I may be missing some things, but I feel like the idea of a game that is almost hostile to the player has become kind of a genre unto itself at this point. Mm -hmm. So you've got like your dark souls as you've got your like, the, the games on Steam that are just like hardcore survival sim. <laughs> um, and those are a very certain type of game where like you can get into situations where you're just fucked. Mm -hmm. And uh, at previously, like in the, in the past, that was something that a lot of games just did. Like yeah. there were a lot of games on like the NES where, you know, there you could get yourself into a situation where you're, you were screwed. Uh, oh, yeah. Even, yeah, and like you're saying, like the original games did this as well. And now I feel like if for a game to do that, but not market itself kind of as in that niche, there would be a lot of backlash, I imagine. Oh, yeah. Totally. And not, I'm not I saying mean, like, oh, gamers are so soft these days. <laughs> I'm just saying like, I think we've gotten accustomed to thinking of that kind of game as its own thing. And totally. And when yeah. those features show up in games that we don't expect them to be in, uh, we're, we're like, what? No, but 
excuse me, but I'm a paying customer. (laughs) (laughs) I want to talk to your manager. I want to talk to the manager of Umbrella Corporation about why there are too many zombies for me to shoot. Yeah, Albert Wesker, excuse me, but um, (laughs) there are too many zombies in here. Yeah, you just you, if you could just like take out three of them, that would be like so super helpful to me. Thank you. So goodbye. Three is uh, basically Jill trying to get out of Raccoon City, and uh, R- Umbrella has built Nemesis to kill all of the members of Stars who were at the mansion. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, they are trying to basically cover up the fact that they are responsible for this virus getting out, that they created it. Umbrella in this game, one thing I actually really love about the way they have rewritten 3, um, another thing that I've talked about in the past, but in the Resident Evil games, in the older timeline, I guess, because now I guess we're in Star Trek 2009 style reboot territory where we are basically running in an alternate universe... But in that original version of events, Umbrella is just this, like, completely mustache-twirling anime villain kind of evil corporation that is just like, ah, we make big evil monsters because we can. We're Frankenstein, more or less. And Albert Wesker, like you just mentioned, is just that throughout a lot of the franchise. Actually, starting with 4, kind of onward, um, he is obviously in the first game, but he starts to become much more of a presence in, like, 4 and a lot of the spin-offs, Code Veronica, I think, uh, and that sort of thing. Whereas in here, Umbrella Corporation is just a bunch of, like, greedy, petty, small men who just like having lots of money and going to big fancy parties and being, in some cases, to be serial killers um, with impunity mm-hmm. in the city because they're a, a shitty chief of police who murders people. Or in this game, you have a new character called Dr. Bard, who is a, an umbrella researcher who has developed a vaccine for the T-virus that you were trying to go get at one point. Mm-hmm. And you you find all these like text logs about him and he it works at this hospital as like a cover and just like treats the nurses there like shit and maybe is sexually harassing some of them he's like talking about how he is going to these uh, big fancy umbrella funded balls these fundraisers for the to mayor's re-election campaign because the mayor is also corrupt and working with umbrella and there's no greater motivation behind any of them it's like they do this because they want to sell weapons to the u.s government and presumably various other governments so that they can be rich you know douchebags uh forever and jill even has like a whole monologue at the end of this game which i'm not sure if it was in the original resident evil 3 or not uh probably not this exact wording or whatever but she just where she just talks about how like wow all of this shit happened for like no fucking reason all these people died because people were just greedy assholes and i was like I kind of like that. I kind of just like this banal vision of evil, which we don't get a lot of in video games. Mm -hmm, Do you know what I mean? mm -hmm. Yeah, they're not, you know, they're not trying to take over the world or, uh, I don't know. um, I feel like a big one for a lot of zombies or like bioweapon villains in media is a kind of like really... <laughs> bad reading of Darwinism of just like, yeah totally we're gonna create a new race of I mean I guess also just like Nazism where it's like we're gonna yeah. create a race of supermen and uh, we're gonna kill all the weaker people because that's the way of the world and in this one they're just like no dog we uh we make uh, weapons that we sell to people because that's profitable and yeah. uh, we're cool with that so we're basically just Lockheed Martin. But, uh, <laughs> but zombies, um, right? 
The Walking uh, Dead Heed Martin. Oh, God damn it. That's nothing. That's nothing. <laughs> we we'll got cut, there. We'll cut that. That's nothing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's, I, I do appreciate that. There's no, like, deeper, like, conspiracy, really. It's just, um, yeah. Yeah. There there are very, very vague references. It almost feels to me like they are intentionally trying to sidestep some of this stuff with Wesker that ends up becoming important from 4 and Code Veronica onwards and all that stuff. Because maybe they're going to be remaking those games later and they'll have new motivations for him then. You know, who, who knows? But there's like, I think... I picked up basically everything you can possibly pick up in this game, and I think there's one incredibly vague reference to Wesker. They don't even mm. call him by name in this game. Uh, and my understanding is that based on where they're going forward with the Resident Evil proper franchise, based on the rumors about Resident Evil 8, which is going to have, like, werewolves and witches and occultism and stuff like that, like, it seems like they basically just don't really care about that fiction as much anymore. Uh, which I'm kind of fine with because that was always one of the weakest parts of that whole franchise to me. And I think the more they leaned into it, especially with like those CG movies and stuff like that, it's just like, oh, who cares kind of thing. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Now, but, but the, have, oh, you, have you played any of the other part of this game, which is the multiplayer? No, I haven't yet. Um, I do have a code for it. I have not been able to get into matches very reliably. Uh, the matchmaking, uh, as you can find out by going to any tweet from the official Resident Evil Twitter account, uh, is kind of busted right now. <laughs> it seems like it's maybe having a tough time. Uh, so I don't have like a ton of, of, of uh, stuff to report about that. It does seem like they are maybe going to be yeah. supporting it here in the future. We did just find out. That, for the record, for people who, who don't know, this includes Resident Evil Resistance. Which I think you can buy separately as its own product, but it's a asymmetrical multiplayer game in the vein of like a Dead by Daylight, where four people play as human survivors, and then one person plays as like a mastermind dungeon keeper who is releasing traps and jigsaw-like conundrums and monsters mm -hmm. on on the people as they try to escape. Yeah, um, yeah. I um, I played it back at. Uh, New York Comic Con last year, and it was okay. Um, it seemed heavily biased towards the Saw guy, towards the Jigsaw mm. guy, uh, and I, I honestly like. I, I was wondering how they would deal with matchmaking. Of like, how do they decide who gets to be the Saw man? And um, you know, if it's random, if it just makes matches of five people and then it's random, how do you deal with the fact that? You know, if people want to be the sawman, they're just going to drop out and try to get in matchmaking again. Uh-huh. Uh, well, the answer to that question is, seems like it's maybe still ongoing because it seems damn near impossible to get a, into a game as the sawman right now because oh. everybody wants to. Which, that's not a new problem. No. We, we've seen this problem before. Right, yeah. Dead by Daylight had that. Friday the 13th had that. Um, Evolve. You remember Evolve? I do remember Evolve. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded that, so that cool, and then it obviously just uh, didn't work at all. Yeah. Uh, I, the one thing I will say to the credit of, like, this game is that this game just, like, the shooting is really tense and cool and good and tight. Um, I've, I've always really... Well, always. I liked it a lot in Resident Evil 2 Remake, and I think it still 
stays really strong here in Resident Evil 3. They do a good job of making zombies, which are just like the fucking most useless enemy in any video game you've ever played. Mm -hmm. They do a good job of making them feel genuinely like a threat here. Uh, in the same, much the same way that they did in Resident Evil 2, which is that every zombie that ever encounters you in this game is always coming at you crooked. It's always like, they, th these zombies can't walk a straight line, you know? Mm. Their ankles are rotting, their feet are just like not in good shape. Those are the first things to go during the zombification process. So they always come at you in these like weird shambling zigzag patterns that make it really hard to line up headshots. And then, you know, they take like three, four bullets with a regular pistol to the head before they finally go down. Yeah, huh. Um, um, that was, that was something I felt in two. I, I never, I didn't finish two. I only played a couple of hours of it, but mm. the actual combat didn't feel very good to me from oh, okay. when I was playing it. Um, I was comparing it to something like four where occasionally you would get these just like, I guess a crit or something and yeah. a zombie's head would just fucking explode and it would feel so good. Except then sometimes worms came out of their head, which was of course <laughs> bad. But um, yeah. Is, how, do, how does it actually feel to shoot at zombies? Because that's a lot of what you're doing in this game. Yeah, it feels good. Um, it also has the crit system in this. Uh, people with Resident Evil 2, I don't know how true this is in 3, but I know at least in 2, people on the PC version ripped that stuff apart and like looked at the insides of it to see how it actually worked. And my uh -huh. understanding is, so when, you, when you're when you aiming your gun in this game, if you're walking, your crosshairs get really big, like they sometimes do in these kinds of games. And when you stop and hold the gun down, like just kind of still, or you hold your body still and hold your gun out for a little while, uh, the crosshairs will close in on the center. And when that happens, at least in two, you have like a much higher chance of critting and just blowing their heads off immediately. But you have to stop, you know, take a breath, hold your line of sight, fire, and then if you fire and miss, your crosshairs immediately spread out again. So you have to wait to line up a mm. shot once more, all the while the zombie's coming at you. Right, right. Huh. Um, and that still feels... I, th I think that's a pretty, like, satisfying way of handling that. I will say, if people are... I guess this was a big thing with Six, the marketing for Six anyway, was they were like, zombies are back, baby! Because everybody... Right, because they had done zombies, and then not zombies, and then face boys. Yeah, and then face boys. Um, well, this one is definitely three. I, I don't know how true this was in the original game, but three is definitely where they start to get into, like, weird spider monsters inside of people's heads right. and stuff like that. There's the there's the horrible bugs, which I don't want to talk about. Um, yeah, there's a there's, bad team of bugs. There's, are, is there lizard mans? There's lizard mans, oh yeah. Hunter um, betas and hunter alpha, no, hunter gammas. Right, there's yeah, the Virgin a... Hunter and the Chad Hunter. Oh my god, um, <laughs> I just you know I just thought of something. The the system that you're describing with the zooming in uh, or like the the crosshairs with the pistol, mm -hmm. that was also in a game called Zombie Revenge for the Dreamcast, which was a zombie. Okay. It was a zombie beat 'em up game, and uh, the way that you took out enemies quickly was you aimed at them, and then the cursor would like over them would just like get closer and if you had to wait like a couple seconds before you fired to get a headshot um okay. that's how they managed headshots in that game because like it's a beat-em-up it's top-down view you don't have control of your aim oh, but uh sure yeah that's that's funny uh no one else has played that game besides me and i only played no. the demo so 
I'm sorry. Uh, we all have games like that, though. We all yeah. had games that we had on demo discs that you never found again. You know? Absolutely. Hell, I might have played the original Resident Evil 2 in that fashion at one point in my life on a PlayStation Underground disc or something. And then, then like, nope, this is too hard. Uh-huh. Uh, this 3 is not hard. I'll no? say that. No, I think because there is so much um, ammo given to you freely between those mm-hmm. resets. There are also, I don't know how spoilery it is to say... Uh, you, I will, I will, I'll give a broad sense. You play as another character that is not Jill at one point, or at a couple of different points in this game, and every time you do that, you basically get, like, their weapons and their ammo, so you can just use those for whatever level that is, mm-hmm. uh, for long stretches of the game. And they just have an assault rifle. They just have, like, hundreds of bullets oh, in wow. an assault rifle. <laughs> Uh, Resident Evil 7 kind of did a similar thing where Resident Evil 7 did you ever play Resident I Evil 7? I didn't and I know it's apparently very good um, yeah yeah. and uh, I have watched a lot of videos of people playing it uh, and just sort of you know having a clown car adventure with a, an angry <laughs> man who uh, who rips the door off the car and starts it without the keys and then tries to run you over uh-huh, Daddy. I yeah. believe it's his canonical name. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that first third of that game is a lot. There's a lot going on there. Um, that game, though, does the same thing where uh, eventually they just put an assault rifle in your hands for a little bit because you play as mm. another character for a little bit. And this is a thing that I kind of have been noticing with basically every Resident Evil game. It happens in the 2 remake. It happens in 4. 5 just kind of starts from this point and then just gets like even farther along the action movie train as they go. But every Resident Evil game... So many people like always talk about how, well, Resident Evil games always got way too action-y as the series went on. And they're right... But also, I feel like every Resident Evil game has this, like, midway point where they're like, well, we've run out of ways to make this scary, so, I don't know, what if there's just big giant tentacle monsters and boss fights and secret facilities and you get a rocket launcher and an assault rifle and these guys just have crossbows now and it's just a shooter now. You like, it's just a shooter. You gotta get a rocket launcher. You gotta get a rocket launcher. Mm, no rocket launcher in 3, but... The replacement for wow. the rocket launcher will not play at the end of three. Zero out of ten. Oh, ah, uh, this. Mm, it, this Tell is, me, uh, is it a big laser? It's a rail gun. <laughs> you get a big uh, rail gun. Jill, Jill picks like, up a just rail like gun. in my favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, uh, uh-huh. Eraser. Eraser, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. It is not like a rail gun that you get to keep. It is just for one fight in the game. It's this is also from Resident Evil, the original Resident Evil Three. But I will say, as much as the tilt towards like big action movie stuff was, to see Jill, who has just been the most put upon motherfucker in the entire franchise throughout this whole game, just get a big rail gun for about ten seconds at the very end. Kind of, and it's like a railgun. It's like the kind that they would mount on a like destroyer, like a boat. Uh And she's just like two handing it, standing there holding this gun that's bigger than her. And then she fires it, and it cracks the ground around her, like Vegeta powering up, kind of thing. That was still pretty good. That still that is good. (laughs) I do like that. Uh, but yeah, that's. Honestly, like, 
that's honestly the game. The game is pretty short. Like, there's not a ton else to go into. If you played Resident Evil 2, you mostly know the formula. Right. Now, are there, like, modes that you unlock that you can, like, go back to? Like, are there other characters or, like, uh... Because historically, that's kind of been a, a thing for the series, right? Yeah, and I think even 3 had that as well. Two, def- The remake of 2 definitely had that where you could play as Claire or Leon, and then when you beat the game as either one, you unlocked like a alternate route for the other, and then you right. could replay it like that. This doesn't have any of that, though. Huh. Um, which I've seen some like diehard Resident Evil people kind of lamenting a little bit, because, yeah, there's just none of that. The one thing that they do unlock, and I forget how this is scored out but once you beat the game you can basically buy cheat codes with in-game currency like metals that you've been collecting this whole time Mm -hmm. um from in-game achievements i guess or your score at the end of the game i forget but it'll just be like things like you can just start the game with a a really dope pistol or you can just start the game with regenerating health or you can have extra inventory space and all this other stuff that's not um, super exciting. It's certainly it's no. Uh, it's certainly no Leon in like a weird gangster outfit. No, uh, Leon in a gangster outfit or playing as a big giant hunk of tofu in a mm-hmm. survival mode that gets like giant chunks of it bitten off by zombies over time. Uh, two had a bunch of DLC, like post-release DLC. I wonder personally if a lot of that energy and budget and manpower has been put towards the multiplayer in this one. Oh, possibly, yeah. They did release just this morning a roadmap, a very sparse roadmap that did not have much on it, but a roadmap of new content that is coming to the Resident Evil Resistance mode, and huh. Jill is going to be a new survivor, a playable survivor, Then they this month, and then they have, like, blocks there for things every month going forward up to, like, July and onward, I think is what it says. Uh, which is very reminiscent of the Monster Hunter roadmap, but the Monster Ro- Hunter roadmap has way more information on it. So, I don't know. I don't know if that's... Uh, my understanding is Dead by Daylight is intensely popular, so yeah. maybe this mode will take off? I guess. I don't know. It just seems like a weird... Uh... It, it, I think it just speaks to the weird place we're at uh, with modern big budget games where like if you want to make a ton of money you need a multiplayer mode you need like a live game mode essentially but but then when it's sort of tacked on in this way it's like well who i don't know i mean uh, is this really what people want probably not right not from this i mean it's not what i want it's personally i can just say that like Coming off of 3 and coming off of 2, and I write this in the written piece as well, if you just put one of these 8-hour campaigns, 8 hours on the long end, there's people out there who beat it way faster than I did, but if you put one of these out every year, I would be pretty happy to just like spend a weekend with it and be like, hey, you know what? I enjoyed my time with that. Maybe I'll come back and do that B playthrough or that, you know, whatever other alternate character playthrough or whatever, but obviously that doesn't exist here, so that's not really an option. I'm. It's not something that I'm going to... It, it's not the kind of gameplay that I want to keep constantly returning to over and over again. Right. Huh. You know, I like the, I like the tension. I like the... I like the completeness of it when one thing that this game does that the that the two remake also did that i think is still a fantastic system even if it's not as you know common here just because there are fewer puzzles but two and three 
are have just incredibly good maps mm. where you will enter like a room and the room will be red and that means that there is still something in the room for you to find there's bullets oh, there cool. is an item yeah and if you see that thing it will then mark it on your map and tell you this is bullets this is a key item mm-hmm. this is a locked door this requires a lock pick this needs a key item to open blah 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 and then once you get everything it turns blue and or it'll be gray if it says like hey you can't g-. like this is a place that you know exists but it's behind a door you do not have the key for you'll get back to here eventually don't worry about it and even like key items that go into your inventory like key cards and things once they have you know used up their usefulness you can it will mark it with a little trash can icon and say hey you can safely discard this right now just oh, get rid that's of it cool. yeah i love that shit and I think because it is so easy to feel a sense of, like, okay, I have found everything I care to find in this level, mm-hmm. and then move on, it's it's not this sense of, like, well, I should really go back and play New Game Plus because I didn't get that secret boss fight, or I didn't go to this area, and I didn't get this gun, or whatever. You don't get that sense. I just had a sense of, like, no, I played a video game, I beat it in eight hours, this feels like the exact amount of time I want to play this game for, and I feel like I got everything out of it that I could, and I'm happy with that. Yeah, and that's just not that's just not how people make video games anymore. I guess. Yeah, they uh, they just don't make them like that anymore. Yeah, huh? they don't make them like they used to. This this has been our new podcast. They don't make them like they used to, where we mm-hmm. just review re- remakes of old games that were better when they were old. I don't know. Um, yeah, I think that's probably gonna do it for this one, though. Honestly, unless you had any other questions about the game. Um. No, I mean, so like, what? What's your, what? What are? You, what are your takeaway points here? What are your final impressions? Like, who? Who should play this? Um. Hmm. Well, if you really liked Resident Evil, the Resident Evil Two remake, I think you should definitely still play this one. I. I don't think it's quite as good as the Resident Evil Two remake. I don't think it's quite as complete of an experience by itself. Um, if you're not going to play that multiplayer mode. Maybe if it's on sale, maybe that's the time to to jump on that. Okay. Play it for forty bucks or something. Now, is the like if someone who hadn't played the two remake but you know wants to play this one first for whatever reason and maybe isn't familiar with the series, are they going to be able to like play it and know basically what's going on? Like, is there a previously on Resident Evil at the beginning? Kind of. There's a whole first person... Well, there there are two things. There's the very beginning of the game actually has an FMV intro. Oh, amazing. Yeah, fucking I am here for that. <laughs> you put FMV in any video yeah. game on the planet. Final Fantasy VII Remake, put some FMV in there. Uh, give me a big red dog. Just spray paint a dog and put mm-hmm. him in your game. Uh, so they have that, which kind of just has a bunch of, like, footage, uh, it's, like, 28 Days Later style, like, here's footage of Raccoon City falling to pieces, here's stars, not stars, uh, Umbrella creating Nemesis and preparing him and getting him out the door and all this stuff. Then following that, there is a first-person sequence inside of Jill's apartment where you are looking at a bunch of, like, stuff like like uh she has the always sunny in philadelphia conspiracy wall that is talking about uh umbrella and and zombies and stuff and albert wesker albert wesker so i'm looking and i gotta find out who's this guy albert wesker and then you know what i find out there is no albert wesker the man does not exist (laughs) albert wesker 
has been trying to kill us for the last three days. He's going to be so mad. (laughs) I mean, you're not too far off. There is a lot of, there are a lot of documents around her apartment that are just like basically her butting heads against like the police department and stuff like that because even the police department is super as we found out in Resident Evil 2 is super corrupt weirdly enough hmm, that cops would be not on the side of the people in this one but they uh basically stonewalled her investigation into Umbrella and all that stuff and so she's just trying to get out of the city she has like plans to just leave she's she's going to be getting out of her apartment and but people are watching her apartment Umbrella is like trying to keep tabs on her and intimidate her and stuff like that which eventually escalates into Nemesis obviously um and so there's a little bit of that but also remember that this is a so 3 is technically a sequel to 1 so even then, the context that you would need from for who Jill Valentine is mostly comes from a game that hasn't really been remade since the GameCube. Mm-hmm. There was that um, PC and PS4 like re-release of the GameCube remaster, or no, the GameCube remake. There was a remaster of the remake that you could play. Yeah, is that one called Zero or Revelations? Oh, it's neither. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, Resident Evil Remake is just a remake of the first Resident Evil. And then that was a GameCube game that they have now put out on modern consoles and PC. That GameCube remake was so popular and so well received at the time that they made another Resident Evil prequel game yes. on the GameCube. Yeah. Right, and that was Zero? That was Zero. Revelations was a 3DS spin-off. Oh, God, the bad one. One of the bad great. ones. Yeah. They they eventually put out... Uh, they, they also eventually put out a HD release of that where you had two sticks to work with, which made a lot of difference. Yeah. Because uh, remember, unless you had a Circle Pad Pro, there was no second D-pad or no second joystick on the original 3DS. So when that game came out, it was not a good one to play with your mm-hmm. hands. Uh, and then they made a sequel to that. I, well, that, that Resident Evil 8 we just mentioned a little bit ago apparently started development internally as Revelations 3. Huh. But then they were, like, so impressed with it that they decided to just, well, let's just call this 8. Yeah. Uh, Resident Evil 8 Village, actually, I just learned today, is the is the rumored subtitle. Oh, interesting. With a V-I-L-L, make, like, red, so it's, like, 8... Oh, how fun. Uh Uh-huh. They did that same thing with Seven. Yeah, I remember. I forgot where I was going with any of that. Yeah. Oh, so if you want the context for what's going on in here, I will say there are some very, very direct nods to the two remake in this one, actually. Um, You don't need to have played two to, to, like understand the story but there is there is some definitely some stuff that they do some some tricks that they pull with the timeline and returning to old locations and visiting old characters that are like incredibly direct references to the events of of resident evil 2 remake right um so i would definitely probably recommend playing 2 you should play 2 anyway because i bet you can get it pretty cheap right now and it's the better game Mm, mm -hmm. but uh 3 is still definitely worth your time um if you like this kind of thing i just don't think it's quite as complete right cool yeah thanks Merritt, for hanging out here with me and talking about this game that you knew everything about already obviously. oh yeah no i mean i this is mostly for the benefit of the listeners i uh right uh, you know i love all of all i just love how he residents that evil um mm-hmm. yeah. yeah you've yeah. you've downloaded the 
shirtless Carlos mod a uh, hundred times already, just to prove your dedication to the character that right. uh, yeah. you know you have such a like long-lasting relationship with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So I guess that'll do it for this one. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody, and make sure to go to fanbyte.com/podcasts to hear all of the other good stuff that we make for your ears and uh, for stuff we make for your eyes or your ears if you use a screen reader, I guess. Uh, go to fanbyte.com and uh, follow us on Twitter at fanbytemedia. You can follow Stephen at Stephen Strom, and you can follow me at Merritt K. Uh, anything else? Uh, you can go to twitch.tv slash fanbite if you really want to feed your eyes and your ears at the same time. It's a, a feast for the senses, yeah. <laughs> Lick your screen and you'll get a very nice surprise, let we, me tell we, you. Uh, we have those machines that they were like sort of talking about back in the 90s that make smells come out of your TV. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, you can really smell the Animal Crossing island. Yeah, Tom Nook though, don't don't turn it off when you get don't to any scene of Tom Nook. Nook. Don't smell Tom Nook, please, God. Bye. Don't, don't smell Tom Nook. Hashtag don't smell Tom Nook. Hashtag Bye. don't smell Tom Nook. Go to change.org. <laughs> Sign our petition. Uh, and bye for now. Stars. <laughs> nice. <laughs>